Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. In this moment, why don't you just give God a minute of praise in your own way, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, God. Lord, we need you. We need your presence. We need your power, oh God. We need you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Most holy and everlasting God, you are so awesome. And Lord, we thank you for your presence in this space right now. And we just pray, dear God, that everyone under the sound of my voice and everyone streaming live will feel your divine presence and power. And whatever it is, oh God, we need, you already know it before we even express it. So we just bless your name for being our God of the past, God of the present, and God of the future. We thank you for the privilege of worship. We thank you for the privilege of cleansing our thoughts. Thank you for the privilege of God of repenting for the sins we have committed. And we thank you for a fresh new start, oh God. That's the kind of God you are. So we bless your holy name. 
And as your word goes forward, dear God, we bind the enemy and anything or anybody who will come against us in the name of Jesus. And we ask for an authentic worship experience that will give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And the people of the Lord said, amen. Say it again. Amen. Amen. It's good to see all of you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to have a Savior. Yes. It's good to have a church family. It's good to have a headache every now and then to keep me in prayer. It's good to have people around you who love you and who are willing to walk with you through this journey that we call life. I think there's a false perception that loving the Lord means you don't have any trials and tribulations. And there's a false perception that knowing the Lord, that all of the bad things of life go away. But that's not necessarily true. And I believe what Elijah will teach us today is that Regardless of what we do for the Lord, we will still be exposed to the troubles of the world. And we need to know that our God knows where we are at all times. I've been reading this text over and over again. And you know that I wanted to do my uh, talk show host and go around and ask everybody why they were here but I knew I wouldn't get away with that today. So I decided that I would just have you ask yourself, what are you doing here? And you fill it in. Because if you don't know why you're here, and we don't know why you're here, <laughs> then that's going to be trouble. Because we all need clarity from God. Isn't that right, Mama? We all need clarity for God on why you're here, what your assignment is, and what you ought to be doing. So I just want you to listen to this one more time. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied that I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I've been working for you. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. The Lord said, go and stand on the mountain. I've read that over and over again, and I realized that some of us would not, would not follow God's instructions. Because Elijah is distraught and thinking that I am just about dead as soon as Jezebel catches up with me. But we need to find some confidence in the scriptures that when God tells you to get up and go out, get up and go out. If God tells you to stand up, stand up. God says, sit down, sit down. And the miracle of this story is that Elijah followed the instructions of God. Can I get a witness? How many of you second-guess God? Second-guess what it is that God wants you to do. You want more clarity after you have heard the same message over and over and over again. I don't even ask people anymore what they're waiting on because I realize that one day the Lord will show them what it is that they need to be doing. And how many of us are even willing to ask 
what are you doing here? The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is about to pass by. Shannon, the Lord was about to pass by. Now, some of my folk would have said, what's up, Lord? You said you're going to talk to me. You're present. And now you want me to go out and watch you. Pay. How are you going to do all of this? Because I'm God. So the Lord told him to get up and go out. I learned a lesson there is that whenever you hear from the Lord, then you need to start moving. And as believers and children of God, we should all know the voice of God. Because God does not speak to all of us in the same way. And some folk are waiting for the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. Not the earth, wind, and fire that we're talking about. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting for the wind. And even when the wind comes and the mountain is torn apart, shattered by the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. Hallelujah. And after the wind, that was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. So if your earth is shaking and everything around you is falling apart, it does not mean that God is in the room. And thirdly, the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And this is the part I want you to get. After the fire came a gentle whisper. Elijah, I'm here for you. No, you're not, Lord. I know that's not you. I've gone through wind. I've gone through earthquake. I've gone through a fire. And now you want me to believe that you're talking to me through a small whisper. Come on, Lord. Get yourself together. Some of you are waiting on the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. And God has already spoken to you over and over and over again. And it was in a gentle whisper, get up and do my work. But you're so busy with the earthquake, wind, and fire that you're missing God. Because we're so smart. We're brilliant. We know everything. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, Reverend Marlon, and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Last month, I think I preached a sermon that said sometimes we all end up in a cave. Okay, I just want you to know the prophets went to caves too. Then a voice says, what are you doing here? I want you to answer that question. Ask yourself, put your name in that sentence. What are you doing here, JJ? What are you doing here, Billy? What are you doing here, Pastor Bill? What are you doing? Ask yourself that question. Because when we answer that question, we will stay in the right lane. We'll do the right thing that God has called us to do. And the kingdom of God will be blessed. And if you don't know why you're here, then anybody can tell you anything. And you will believe it's true. But when God whispers in your ear, you better believe that whatever it is that God wants you to do, you will be successful because Almighty God has already, already confirmed it in the spiritual realm. He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord. Zealous for the Lord. The Israelites. Another thing that this lesson teaches us is that we need to be careful of who we hang out with. Because, you see, Jezebel was a Baal worshiper, and she worshiped out of God. And before <laughs> Ahab knew it, she had taken over the whole household and his uh, kingdom as well. So just because you, in the same space with somebody, at times that means that you pick up things that are not godly. 
You pick up things that are not godly habits. You say things that are ungodly. And you believe that ungodly things are okay with God. And they are not. And that's why I said all of us will have a Jezebel. And if you don't, haven't seen yours yet, she's on the way. Because Jezebel was evil. She was evil and self-centered, and she hated everybody. And she was, at least she was consistent. She was mean. She was downright ugly, and she was wanting to have her way all the time, no matter what. Do you know a Jezebel? Oh, boy, I tell you. It's my way or no way. They used to say in Alabama, it's my way or the highway. But we need to understand where we are in our relationship with God. Then our behavior would shift so that we will be God-like in what we do. God gets no glory if we act like the world. God gets no glory if we become consumed by darkness. And God gets no glory if the person in our presence cannot feel and sense the spirit of the living God. Because if God is within, every now and then there ought to be a sign that something's going on on the inside. I have a habit of asking questions. And I irritate people. And I know that. But the only way, Eddie, I can get the information I need is to ask questions. But as I look through the Bible, you know God has a big thing on asking questions too. It was in Genesis chapter 3 where God said, where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And God said, who told you you were naked? Great question. Digging deep into why did you do what you did? Did you do it because you were getting away? But I want you to know I'm always watching. Genesis chapter 3, what is this? Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? Has God ever asked you that before? What is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. She was lying then and some of us lie now. We just don't tell the truth. We got to call it what it is. And what God is saying here is that we need to be clear on what God commissions us to do so that we will carry out our assignment according to God's plans. That was Sarah. There she was. Sarah was mean. You know, Abraham put up with her and said, do whatever you want to Hagar. You know the story. She's out in the wilderness. And then the Lord comes and says, where have you come from and where are you going? I love that question. Where have you come from and where are you going? I come from Alabama, but I'm going to glory. I come from Mississippi or Texas or wherever, but I'm going to be with the Lord. Then the Lord said, where have you come from? The Lord said, get up and be on your way. Aren't there times that you wish somebody would ask you, what are you doing here? Have you ever found yourself in a situation and looked around and go, how could this be me? How could I ever be in this mess? Jacob was left alone, remember? Then he said, this is in Genesis chapter 32. I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Moses, God was like, I won't go through all of these. I'll send you my notes. But the Lord said to Moses, what is that in your hand? Moses was timid at times. And he said, throw it on the ground. And I will show you how that can be your weapon against the enemy. 
And some of us are not getting our blessings and living more productive lives because we're ignoring the whisper waiting on the earthquake. It was Job the Lord answered out of the storm. He said, who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Who are you? In other words, I can see the Lord. Do it. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? I love the way God sets the record straight. Where were you when I built this sanctuary? Where were you when I bought the chairs? Where were you when I added the other portion to the bill? Where were you when we were getting the landscaping in? Where were you doing the capital campaign? Where were you when we needed a few volunteers to come and help out in the church yard on a set? Where were you? And what uh, the Lord is helping us to see is that if you absent, you have no right to speak up. Job had not done anything. And some of us are like, we're arrogant enough to ask God, where were you? But God is asking the same thing. Where were you? Where are you? We need to get that straight. You're not God. I'm not God. We answer to God. We answer to God. And we need to answer to God in godly language. Jonah, you know the assignment he gave Jonah? So Jonah said, I know I'm going to run away. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. But the Lord replied, have you a right to be angry? Have you have a right to be tired? You have a right to be upset? I'm God doing all the heavy lifting, and all you're doing is being disobedient. And you all know, headed me about the dry bones. Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, oh, sovereign Lord, <laughs> you alone. If you want to be encouraged, Pastor Joseph, that's what I tell folks, get your Bible out, read it, find yourself in the word, and then you'll be able to get your life straight because God will whisper to you what you need to do and where you need to be. I am very concerned about our young people and depression and anxiety that still existing. And my old people, too, as includes me, all of us have gone through a lot. And I mention that, and I'm saying it out loud, because I want us to be intentional in praying for our children. Those who've gone off to college, those who are in school, because their anxiety levels are still high. And some of you don't know the signs of depression. But you might be clinically depressed and think you look fine. You're just right. But... You're not, because prolonged sadness or unexplained crying spells, significant changes in your appetite, sleep habits, irritability, anger, worry, agitation, anxiety, pessimism, indifferent. Have you ever run across someone, they're indifferent by, whatever, so what, okay, maybe, no, 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 no. Feelings of guilt and worthlessness, inability to concentrate. Anybody in your house yet? Indecisive. Inability to take pleasure in former interests and social withdrawal, unexplained aches and pains, recurring thoughts of death or suicide. You are not alone. We are not alone. Some of God's greatest leaders had problems with anxiety. Moses had a real headache. Jeremiah, remember the crying prophet? He cried all the way through his ministry, Brother Brian. 
And God just said, keep on preaching. I hear you. Go on. Keep on preaching. Just go back and tell them again. Keep on preaching. Whatever God has called you to do, don't let the enemy get the best of you and you quit because you are tired or full of anxiety. And that's what Elijah shows us here is that even though he was on the run, there was a God who was with him. And even though some of us are on the run, there is a God who's looking at Anybody in here know God is looking after you? Anybody in here know that God has your back? Whatever cave you're in, God knows where you're sitting. God knows the address. God knows the secret lock. God knows your ring code. God knows when you go out. God knows when you come in. God knows everything. And sometimes we find ourselves in the same predicament as Elijah. I thought becoming a pastor saying, man, that everybody did what was right, that you just had people lined up to do the Lord's work. I thought people would show up and do the right thing. I had all these illusions, but what I had to figure out is that the people didn't call me. God called me, and whatever I need from the Lord comes at just the right time. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness that... You're feeling abandoned all along, all by yourself. But all of a sudden, God shows up. Somebody shows up to say, I got your back. Elijah was tired and weary and discouraged. I can feel it in the atmosphere, the heaviness. We come here so that we can worship God in spirit and in truth. We come here heavy laden, but we walk out light because the spirit has cleansed our souls. We come in with the heaviness of the world, but God erases all of that and whispers, I got you. If we would only taste and see that the Lord is good, it's not complicated. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasures you seek. And each and every one of us abides within everything we need to deal with, whatever the devil throws at us. When was your last attack? When was your last attack? Do you know how the enemy attacks you? There is a plan for each of us. And the enemy knows us well enough to know how to attack us. If you think you're really, really cute, and then all of a sudden you gain five pounds, and the enemy says, you're not cute no more. You know, you weren't even cute before you gained the five pounds. And so the enemy knows how to deal with us. You think you're so good looking until you go out, look around and say, oh, my God, there are a lot of good looking women around here. What are we talking about? The Lord knows our soul. Our Lord knows how we think. God has wrapped us in the bosom of his love. He knows our arrogance. He knows the caves that we are in. And the Lord keeps saying, come out of the cave. Come on out of hiding. I am not a God that needs you to be in a cave. You're supposed to represent me. Get up and come on out of here. Say, come on out of there, Elijah. If I call you to preach, preach. I call you to teach, teach. But don't let the people get the best of you. The devil is a liar. We need a class on how to talk back to the devil. And how to say, I'm the Lord's child. You can't talk to me any kind of way. I'm the Lord's child. You can't treat me any kind of way. I am the Lord's child. And God gave me my assignment. We got to learn how to talk back. 
but we got to talk back with power. Talk back with conviction. Get in the enemy's face and say, I know who, as, as my grandmama would say, I know who you is, and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. So I don't know who your Jezebel is, but you better watch out because there's one lurking for you. And Jezebel is smooth, good looking. She wore the armor of a queen. It was her palace and she was always in charge. And she just wore him out. You see, Jezebel's wear you out, JJ. They suck up all your energy. They take away your good thoughts because all they do is put heavy negative thoughts in your head. They don't affirm you and who you are. They tell you what you're lacking versus what you have. Don't tell me that I can't preach. I know that. Don't tell me I can't sing. I know that. But I can love God's people. I know what I can do. So we need to get to the point that we know what God has called us to do. And God did not call us to sit still while the world's going to hell. The Lord did not call us to skip Bible study. The Lord did not call us to not know any more today than we knew last year. The Lord did not call us and give us eyes to read, and we don't have time because our lives are too busy. I know you don't want to hear this, but I, God did not call you to be popular. God called us to be a servant of him and to represent the light of the world. It's time for us to get our relationship with God right. It's time for us to stop playing games. And it's time for us to come out of the cave that we've been living in. Because truly when the word goes forward and when we are authentic to God, everybody around us will know that there's a light and something's going on in the inside. But I love the way that God said to Elijah, he said, Elijah, come on out. See, there are times when you got to call a spade a spade. Come on out. I know where my grandmama said. I know where you is. And I'm right here with you. And as long as you have me, nobody can take you out. Lord, I knew I'd be safe here on your mountain, he said. I've done all you asked me to do. You ever had that day, Phyllis? Lord, I've done everything you asked me to do. Fed the hungry. Went to visit the sick. Called people, never called me back. Gave people benevolence. Gave them food, cooked it, dropped it off. Lord, I've done everything that you, and sometimes you feel like a fool. But if you're doing what God has told you to do, don't feel like a fool. You see, Elijah could have felt like a fool, and there he was in a cave, and he had slain all the idols, but all of a sudden you can't even slay one on your own. Can you imagine so we got to realize that our Holy Ghost power is not this physical power. It's watching the Lord show up and do the work. God said, I will fight your battles. I will deliver you. And I am convinced, church, that the Lord's word is true. You have torn down their altars. I did the best job I could. How many times you quit on the Lord? Some of us quit every day. Every day when we can't have our way, we quit. Well, Lord, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing that. God did all of the heavy lifting with Jesus. When are you going to do your part? 
When are we going to do some of the heavy lifting? When are we going to love the haters? When are we going to love the Jezebels around us and pray them into submission? Elijah is pouring his heart out to God. Stop pouring out your heart to Facebook. You need to pour out your heart to God. Stop putting all your stuff in social media and build a relationship with Almighty God who will be your Instagram and be your podcast summary and everything else. We need to get our priorities straight. Elijah was in deep despair, but I don't know about you, but when I'm in trouble, I want the Lord to call me directly. When I'm in trouble and I'm worn out and ready to quit, I want the Lord to say to me, I got you. The only one doing the right thing for God. And Elijah teaches us that it's good to be transparent with the Lord. And he said that they are worshiping 7,000 others, and I served you, O Lord. Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Be assured that you can do all things. God said, I got at least 7,000 folks. God witnesses everything we do in our lives. So if God has given me an assignment of love, I get my evaluation from God. When is the last time you looked at yourself in the mirror and you asked yourself, what do people see when they look at me? Do they see the reflections of God's glory? Or do they just see a person trying to get through the next five minutes? I'm never too late to make a turn. It's never too late to shift to a new place. Once you realize that you've been in the cave long enough and come out and enjoy the sun, not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. So we want to go. We don't have to go to the beach and to be in all the moonlight just to see the S-O-N. We can see the S-O-N wherever we are. So the purpose of my sermon today is to get you to ask yourself, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Are you fulfilling your assignment? Are you still waiting to hear from the Lord? It's been 10 years. Are you still waiting till you get your schedule straight so that you can learn some more scriptures? Are you still trying to get yourself together so that you will know more about God's word so that you can witness How can God use you? That's the question you need to answer. Why did God create you? And why are you in this space? God wants each of us to leave this house of refuge, to go out and to tell the world boldly that I serve a living God who can do anything. And that's why I love that Corinthians passage because Paul was such a giant. He was little short guy, but he was such a giant. My grace is sufficient. Is God's grace sufficient for you? When is the last time you witnessed God's grace? When is the last time you heard from heaven? When is the last time that Amazon dropped by your house with that blue truck, the prime? When is the last time you saw the FedEx come by? When is the last time that you got your whisper from heaven? It's all right. Yesterday, I saw a picture of my mother, and I think all of you know my mother has dementia. And I haven't seen my mother in over a year. And when I looked at the picture, I realized how much my mother has changed. And I had not seen her, a, a picture of her. And my mother looks just like my grandmother now, because my grandmother died 
from dementia. And I've been praying and praying and praying and asking God to tell me what you want me to do. Because I want to be certain that I do everything that I can within my human power to love my mother and my family. And the word that I receive from the Lord is, Classroom, you have done what I've asked you to do. And you are not God, that your mama belongs to me. And her days on this earth depend on me. So I don't want you to create a guilt trip because you can't physically be over here when I told you to be over there. So what I'm saying is that there are times in our lives that even though we go to seminary and even though we get a doctorate or a master's degree, even though we do all this study, there are times when all of us will be like Elijah. And that's going to be a time in our life and you're going to be asking the same question, Lord, just let me die. It's just too much. But when I saw the picture of my mother, I got the blessed assurance that my mother is going to be with her mother. I got the blessed assurance that when she was here last year for six months, that God was giving me quality time with my mother. And at the time, I did not know what God was doing. But as I look back, that was a song in the old church we used to sing, my soul look back and wonder. I don't sing. That song, that song is not theologically sound. Because when my soul looks back, I don't have to wonder. I know it was the Lord. So I'm here to tell you today that I don't know your circumstances. And I don't know what challenges you have in your life. But I know a God will find you and he will whisper I know a God who will give you everything you need at just the right moment I know a God who hears I know a God who answers prayers I know a God who specializes in the impossible and I'm praying that the same God has whispered to Elijah will whisper to you. And I'm saying that we are empowered by God's spirit to stand and be firm because my God specializes in the impossible. So I don't look back and wonder. I look back with assurance and I got a testimony because I, I was nothing then, I'm nothing now, but I know a God. I know a God. And so God teaches us that when you can't think, you can't go another step. When you think you've given it all you have. When you're making the very last phone call, Pastor Joseph, I know you know. I know a God who will whisper in your ear and say, I am Jehovah Jireh. I have you. I am the beginning and the end. So you stay with me. So to my mother, to my family, God gave me the presence of mind to praise him in the midst of my storm. To praise him in my midnight hour. To praise him for the woman who gave me birth. And to praise him when it doesn't look the way I want it to look. 
And somebody else under the sound of my voice, no, you got the same struggle. You're in the cave of distress right now. But God knows where you are. God knows the timing. God knows when you're going to be leaving. God knows when you arrive. God knows when he's going to pick you up. The Lord knows everything. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.